You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paul to Lindholm. Krejci. Lindholm scores! Marshawn, the head fake, and scores! Ho-ho! 2-0 Boston. Connor Garland off Besser's stick. Omark is going to try it, and he scores! Linus Omark, the odds-on Fezzanet Trophy winner, scores an empty net goal to seal this win! Sunday skate, an incredible moment Saturday night for the Bruins. Looks like they were just cruising along, you know, closing out a relatively uneventful 2-1 win. Had started really strong, kind of led up as the game went on. And then you get maybe the moment of the season, Lena Selmark scoring a goalie goal. Uh, I'm Scott McLaughlin here with Andrew Razor Raycroft, Bridget Prue behind the glass. You can call in. 617-779-7937. Text us at 37937. And since we've got a goalie, I gotta ask, Razor, did you ever score a goal at any level? No, I didn't. And it's uh it, it's heartbreaking. I think you saw Linus Allmark and, and how excited he was to score. Uh it is the goalie's dream. I, I took a rip in juniors my last year and, and missed, similar to how Swayman missed earlier in the season, just off to the right side of the goal or, or facing the goal left from the goalie's point of view, the left side of the net just missed. Uh, but, it, and it certainly didn't look the same as what Linus's did last night. This is clearing it three zones when I was 19 years old, but, but I took a look and I never scored. And, and to this day, I, uh, I remember it and wish it had a win in. Yeah. They've had a couple close calls this year. You mentioned Swayman, uh, you know, looked like it was pretty good. Ended up hitting kind of the outside of the net. Allmark took a shot at the Winter Classic and, you know, missed by a good amount. But, yeah, they they have that green light. And, oh. and surprisingly, they have the green light even when they're only up one goal. You know, when you're up two, yeah, absolutely. But that one, you know, if Allmark takes a little bit more of a line drive swing... It's potentially like knocked down at the blue line, and Vancouver has a chance to tie it. Yeah, but they're 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 forty five eight and five. Yeah, so who right. cares? <laughs> but like, really, who cares? That's why they have the green light yeah. is because they've played so great, and and that's why no one else in the league is probably taking a rip at that point. You have to have elite puck skills, which which Linus does, which he showed last night. But you have to have elite puck skills to have the confidence to rip that if your play if your team's in the playoff hunt right now. A lot of if you're in the playoff hunt, you're taking that, you're moving it to your defenseman and hoping that it doesn't happen. So the the idea that they're forty five, eight and five, 
also allows them to take those opportunities, take those rips. And I, I can promise you we're going to see them try and take another look. Swayman's going to take a look, and, and Allmark's going to go again because it's fun, and we saw how much fun it was last night. Well, no goalie's ever scored two in a season. I know. So. Let's go for it. <laughs> can, another, can, why, this team might record. as well have another record Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, some history there. Uh, first ever goal by Bruins goalie. Only the eighth goalie in NHL history to shoot the puck into the net. I believe five others have been credited with goals on like own goal type yeah, plays, usually count. during like a delayed penalty or something. Um, so yeah, those those ones don't really count. But yeah, first since Pekka Rinne in twenty twenty, uh, only the third in the last twenty years to shoot it in. So uh, just an incredible moment, and like I said, really kind of added some excitement to what otherwise was going to be. All right, you got the new guys in. You'll take the win. You know, solid enough effort. But they really had kind of let up over the last 40 minutes. And, you know, it seemed to kind of just hit cruise control heading to the finish line. It it was a pillow fight. And Billy and I were in the green room halfway through the third falling asleep. We had a late night Thursday and just watch. What are we going to talk about for an hour at this point about this game? And you knew they were going to hold on. You knew they were going to find a way, maybe get a late one, put it away. But... The, the game was never in doubt, and, and I think we are going to see more of these types of games now once we get past the deadline, once they see more three and four type games where they get a lead, they take their foot off the gas against some of these teams that, I mean, Vancouver's not very good, and and there's going to be more teams after the deadline once they sell off that are out of it, and mentally and physically out of it, and and, and we're going to see more of those games, but there's no question it was it was an absolute sleep fest. Until Linus buried it. Yeah. Like, you know, from my perspective, I'm trying to think about, like, what am I going to write about? Obviously, you can write about the new guys, Orlov and Hathaway. But, you know, they had you saw some encouraging things from them, but relatively quiet games. And there was like three interesting minutes at the end of the first (laughs) and then not until the last 40 seconds or whatever it was. Oh, it's a great point. It literally was, yeah, 57 minutes and 20 seconds were like bad hockey. And to your point, like. As media people, you have to write stories about, like, what else can we write about? And now we got a goalie goal, so now there's really nothing left on the table <laughs> for the next 25 games. It's it's amazing. I mean, what a team, what a story, what a regular season so far. We're going to get into the trades, what Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway bring, uh, you know, how we see the defense shaking out going forward. Lots of stuff to get into. As I said, you can call in. 617-779-7937. I see we already have Maria on the line. Maria will get to you in a minute. Uh, text 37937. But, yeah, obviously the biggest news of this week uh, before the goalie goal was the big trade. Don Sweeney goes out and gets Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals, gives up Craig Smith, you know, obviously loved in the room, but just ha- had never really found his game this season, um, and a bunch of draft picks. You know, ultimately it's a first, second, third, and fourth spread out over multiple years. I feel like this was this was exactly the trade that this team needed. It really seemed perfect, kind of kill two birds with one stone. You know, we had been hearing about all these other names, you know, Gavrikov. It's like, okay, he, he probably could have helped, but didn't really seem ideal. You kind of wondered, you know, was there something better out there other than like paying the insane price for Jacob Chikorin? 
you hear about Ivan Barbashev, and it's like, okay, I can see him in the bottom six, but he doesn't really defensively play the way that they want. You know, is he an ideal fit? Then you start hearing, like, the Capitals might be selling, and then you see Orlov and Hathaway as two veterans over 30, pending free agents, and it's like, man, like, Bruins should be in on those guys, right? Like, isn't that perfect? And sure enough, by Thursday night, they get him. Like, you know, we just started hearing about those guys probably Wednesday, Thursday night, they're Bruins. And, you know, I don't really care about the picks. Like, whatever. Uh, You're all in it this season. So you address two areas where now it's like, I think they're the best seven deep defensive group in the NHL. Hathaway on the fourth line. Now you look at just the the heaviness and, and the nasty that they have in their bottom six at, you know, adding Hathaway to guys like Nick Foligno and Trent Frederick. This really feels like the kind of move that you make for the playoffs and can potentially put an already great team over the top. There should not be, you know, I don't want to hear about the 2015 draft and Don Sweeney ever again. <laughs> the way this guy has manipulated this roster through trade trade deadline deals with real roster players, not draft picks nine, eight years ago, real players, real NHL players. And to, to come through on this one, go off of the board, because as you said, yes, Gavrikov. Yeah, that'll work. And we chicken. Yeah, that'll work. Barbershop. Yeah, that'll work. But you now have Orlov and Hathaway. And it's like, Oh, that's perfect. Like exactly like you said, because we were like, well, is Gavrikov, is that a lateral move? Where does he fit? How does he, how is he different from the other guys they have now? Orlov's a Stanley Cup winner. That's first and foremost for me. The concern was when you're taking a Chikrin, a Gavrikov, guys that have never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs before, guys that have been on a losing team at least this season, if not last season and this season, how do they elevate their game? How do they perform when the lights are the brightest? And and we know what these two guys bring, especially Orlov on that back end. He was always a guy that was flashing red light when the Bruins played this guy. When he, they played them in the playoffs two years ago, it's like Orlov's can be a game breaker and he can be a difference maker on the back end. And now you have him in your lineup. And with Hathaway... It's exactly what the Bruins needed, exactly what the fans have been clamoring for the last few years in sturdiness, size, nastiness, playing on the line, being hated by other teams. He brings all of that, and it's just a perfect fit for this group, and it'll be, it makes Montgomery's job much different, diff- more difficult on the back end. We saw that already having to take Clifton out of line. I mean, that's the last thing that guy deserved. But you have a lot of communicating to do. You have to keep everybody on board. It's going to be part of the core group as well. Patrice is going to be have his finger on top of that. You can be sure of that. Marshawn as well. So I, they'll be able to handle it, but it's also not the easiest to to deal with. And that that that's what's going to be interesting how they how they work those guys into the lineup over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and Orlov, you have so much flexibility in how you can use him. Like he really feels like someone who could. Like, I can imagine him next to anyone on that decor fitting in because he can play the left or right side. He can move up. Like, if they put him next to McAvoy, I don't think he'd be out of place. Whereas, you know, someone like Gavrikov, I would have questions about whether he can really handle that role that high in a lineup on a contender. To your point, Orlov's done it. This is a guy who played over 24 minutes a game when the Caps won the Cup in 2018. And I know that's five years ago, but he's continued to play top-pairing minutes 
ever since. He's continued to be very effective, and he's not going to have to, you know, he might have 22, 23-minute games, but the Bruins don't have to rely on him to do that because you have McAvoy and Lindholm already ahead of him. It's You can you can put him anyway. You can put him with McAvoy, put him with Carlo. He was with Forbert to start last night. If Forbert sits, he can go with Clifton. Like, so many options. And to your point, yeah, Montgomery's going to have to juggle that, and eventually as you get closer to the playoffs, you're going to want to settle on on something, have some consistency. But for now, it's like try him everywhere and, you know, see see what clicks. Yeah, it will be a, it will be a, an absolute experiment over the next month. I think the uh, what what it does is, and, and I'm knocking on wood in a big way, but I'm I'm under the assumption that if they play four rounds of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, they're going to lose a defenseman at some point. And to your point, he fits in any of those spots, even if it's a McAvoy, even if it's a Lindholm, he can eat those minutes. And, and you find you had that guy, and most other the Gavrikovs of the world weren't going to suffice in that situation. And the other thing is, is, so his ability to move throughout that entire D, and now if you have an injury, everybody slots in still in the same same area, same kind of situation. The other thing's going to be interesting come playoff time is it can be matchup-based. Depending on what kind of team you're playing, you can now set your your sixth defenseman up in certain ways because he can play left and right, because he can move up and down. He allows you to to set up depending on what kind of third line the New York Islanders or the Pittsburgh Penguins or whoever that first-round matchup is you're up against. So it just so many options both on the back end on, and up front now for the Bruins that, that they got – it's hard to imagine this historic team got better, but but they got more prepared for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think to your point about like you're probably going to lose a defenseman at some point. These are clearly moves made with past lessons in mind. Don Sweeney knows that they've been burned by this in the past. Where whether it's a Grizzly or a Carlo or even Lindholm and McAvoy missing games in the first round last year. He just knows, you know, someone's going down at some point and you have to have, if you really want to win the cup and not get exposed to the back end, you really have to have seven NHL defensemen you're comfortable with. And, you know, we thought going into the year that they might have that when you looked at guys like Jacob Zaborl and Mike Riley and the Anton Strahlman signing. And those guys might all factor in at some point as well. You know, you might have to go eight or nine deep at some point, but to to get that seventh guy that, you know, and by the way, Orlov's not going to be the seventh guy. He's he's too good. Like, he's third, fourth in the pecking order, I think. But, yeah, you're going to have to use everyone. And, and yes, if everyone's healthy, it's going to stink for, you know, a Clifton or Grizzly or whoever comes out of the lineup, which we can get to. I know everyone kind of wants to guess at who's coming out of the lineup. But, yeah, it can be matchup dependent, it, you know, whatever. Like, just to have those options, though, is so critical. It's so critical, and and we'll see it. And yeah, it, I think it's. I think it'll be. I think it's still premature to to see to to pick. I think everyone's going to sit out these games at the end. And once we get into three and fours, I think there'll be time to to manage everybody, including Orlov. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes this season as well in Washington. So it, it won't be it. it I don't because of how good this team is and because their idea isn't just to play one round or try and survive one round of the playoffs. I think all of these guys on the back end understand that and, and will be more than happy to give up a few minutes to to have this opportunity to win the cup. All right. We're off and running on Sunday skate. Call in 
888-973-7937. Text us 37937. We'll hit the phones on when we come back, and we'll be right back after these commercials.